Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. State-of-the-art Japanese animation. And welcome back to the Otaku Host Club podcast. Today I am Amelia, and I am always. And today is your birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank today you. you're Amelia, and you're the birthday Thanks. girl. <laughs> and Dan just had a birthday too, but it wasn't on I recording did. day. Uh, yeah, Yay. it was my birthday on Wednesday. I had. Uh, but I'm 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 in the full birthday swing now. Okay. I'm having I'm having two birthday parties. I've decided <laughs> uh, because it's it, well because it's it's go big or go home. Well, I was thinking I'm, I had one yesterday, Saturday night, and I'm having another one on Tuesday. And my goal was to that 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 would be enough um, enough stretch enough enough. Um, variation in schedule that everybody would be able to make at least one of these that all my office workers want to hang out on a weekend they can come Saturday night all my service workers they want to work on the weekend and hang out on a weekday so they can all come Tuesday night Mm. Um, so that was that was my intention but as it has played out I think just about everybody coming on Tuesday I think Tuesday gonna be be big Uh, so I was not I was not earnestly expecting anyone to come last night but then in the end we had yeah it wound up having a crowd of 10 last night heck yeah um, were you um, yeah, standing so around burning your trash and your fire pit a little, just a little bit of trash but matt matt brought over some firewood and i have firewood too um but this was this was a really great test run for tuesday because i think tuesday gonna be more like 20 to 30 people and oh, damn so we uh yeah, now I see crystal clearly, like, <laughs> based on what we were doing last night, I can see exactly what I need to do differently and, you know, what what slight changes I need to make in order for Tuesday to really go off without a hitch and be cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, we were just reminiscing about last year's uh, get-together of birthdays. Yeah. Just clump of birthdays. It's mm-hmm. a whole slew of them. Everybody's birthdays. Yep. I mean, it's the season. I mean, all the cool people are born on my is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't realize I'm right on the cusp of being a, a Taurus. Oh, interesting. I guess all You're of us a cusper. are. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Don't put me in that box. I'm the. I'm a hard. I'm a hard Gemini over here. Well, so that's what I thought, too. But then somebody at the gym was telling me that they were born, like, a couple... They were born, uh, what, like, June 1st, and they're a Taurus? No. Something like that? Mm-mm. No. Definitely. When is the cutoff date, then? I just um, took this, this woman at the gym and her word. Maybe she was wrong. 
I think she's wrong. Well, I well, okay. So astrology is a lot about um, time and place. Um, so it depends a lot on like all of your signs because there's your regular sign, your rising sign, your moon sign. Um, there. Oh, is, okay. So yeah. see, so okay. You need to know the exact. Wrong. You need to know the exact date and time that you were born to get your full astrological chart. Um, which I've done because my sister's super into it and she wanted to know. Um, but I'm pretty sure the cutoff for Gemini is um, like the 20th or the 21st. Yes, you're, and, you're correct. I'm so, wrong. So the, you the, are in the you are in the window of like three days before and three days after that hard thing to be a cusp. Yeah. So yes, I do think so you probably Taurus is April Taurus is April twentieth to May twentieth, mm-hmm. and I I think the woman at the gym must have told me she was born on May twentieth. Oh okay yeah, and that then I was born on May twenty fourth, and I was like, oh shit, you're a Taurus. That so because you're just a couple days ahead of me. Mm-hmm. That's really close. So and my I think signs. That's how it was. So all three of my signs are Gemini. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, which is kind of like an astronaut uh, astrological anomaly, because <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like really fucking Gemini, <laughs> <laughs> Geminiing the fuck out. I am Geminiing the fuck out, bro. Um, the try the try Gemini. <laughs> um, Stephen acts more like a Cancer to me, but um, that's because him and my sister are pretty similar, um, and she is a Cancer, so. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying, but also uh, it's brutal to say, oh, my my boyfriend is a cancer in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he is not. He's the light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he took me out for French pastries this morning for my birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I, one thing about me. I love things that look cute. And you know what looks really fucking cute? A fruit tart. <laughs> and I go apeshit for fruit tarts, and he knows that. So um, we have this French bakery called Bonjour um, <coughs> over in, like, I guess it's technically, I guess, I don't know where it is. It's, Ma- it's Mount Washington area mm-hmm. on Falls Road. Um, and they have really good coffee and really good uh, croissants and little tiny cakes and pastries and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Tasty. Yeah. Mm. And I fucking got a car, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. Your car's kind of tricked out. If you hop in the Discord, you can see pictures of this. Yeah, it's, um, it's baby tricked out. And at the moment, but as soon as I get some birthday money, I'm going to trick it all the way out. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually get some spinners on your car. I do. I, <laughs> we were talking about this. <laughs> I really unironically love spinner rims so Hell much. Yeah. And I really yeah. want some spinner rims. But yeah, I get the like cheap ones that are like obviously made out of plastic, but they, <laughs> and they you know what I mean? Like you pull up to like a, a Honda Accord or like a Honda Civic and they're they have the tricked out spinners, yeah. but they're you know But they stop but they do stop spinning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They spin twice. They spin once and they stop. But yeah, so I've been in full on car mode. We're gonna go to Soundgarden later today and get some CDs because I have a CD player. <laughs> 
Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> Is there anything in particular you're looking to get? Um, probably some pop punk stuff because I used to, in my old car, I used to, me and my, I would drive my sister around in the summer, blasting cartel. Um, mm. so probably some pop punk stuff. Um, probably. I don't know, some K-pop or J-pop stuff. I do have a couple of like burn CDs that I have that I'll probably mm. shove in my car somewhere. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, we're going to we're going to go emo with it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Maybe some Grimes, I don't know. I like Grimes. I like uh, I like the Grimes record that nobody else likes. I like Art Angels. Yeah, I don't like that one. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Steven likes art angels like though. Multiple genres mm-hmm. in one. Yeah. I gotta get some cyberpunk music too, because um I've been asking everybody in my life, in real life and on the Discord, um, what character I should do. And everybody online says Rebecca from Cyberpunk. <laughs> and everybody in my real life says Gloomy Bear. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Well, so. I, yeah, I maintain that this hinges on your driving style because you can't do a cyberpunk car and then drive like a normal human being. Yeah, I mean, cyber the cyberpunk car is like, yeah, I drive you know Bucket eighty best. to a hundred miles an hour down the <laughs> highway and I weave through traffic and I drive super aggressively and flip off other cars and, <laughs> and, and like just a terror on the road. It's like, yeah, that that should be the cyberpunk car. If you drive like a normal person, it should have the gloomy bear car. Well, so <laughs> I think of how do... they drive in cyberpunk. Well, I just yeah. honestly really want my license plate to say Chum. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And um, I don't want a pink car, and gloomy bear is pink. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, because all of the girlies have pink cars, and I don't want a pink car. I want to like. Cool well, what ass. about purple? I could do purple. Because I, I think a gloomy bear is being a purple thing, personally. Oh. Not that I know that much about gloomy bear. Mm. I do have a bunch of purple gloomies laying around, but um, I found some really cool uh, like vinyl decals that are mm. um, Arasaka themed. Mm. online and i bought them so it's gonna be a rebecca car everybody i've decided (laughs) you heard it here first people (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh shit you better you better start driving a lot faster i know right as soon as i get my little uh tricked out um rear view mirror i'll drive as how many how many times have you driven the wrong way down a one-way street Literally never, because that is a how, huge fear how, of mine. Yeah, how are you going to drive <laughs> cyberpunk style if you're not even willing to drive the wrong way down a one-way street? I'll just I was driving go- the wrong way down a one-way street just like two weeks ago. Oh, my God. That gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah, you got to jump the barrier and drive the opposite way on the highway as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to check that off your list. I'll just rough up the paint job and the decal so it looks like I drive like that. that'd be fair that'd be fair so I've I uh, have started watching Fist of the North Star oh shit wow What episode are you on? Um, I'm like, yeah, just just like six or seven episodes in right now. And it's 
so different than I was expecting based on having only ever prior watched um, that, that compilation movie. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm getting a lot out of uh, the original Fist of the North Star TV show. And maybe I'm going to hop on to another podcast to talk about this at some later date. Ooh! Anyone we know? Yes. Okay. Yeah, as, as uh, part of our associated network of anime. <laughs> but it's under, it's under wraps. It's yeah, under well, I, yeah, but I, I don't want to talk about it too much because i don't know if it's really happening or not oh okay but that sounds cool i know they're listening so now they they heard it you oh. know in uh like they know <laughs> i am watching this it is happening. <laughs> put it out in the universe <laughs> i said it i said it in over dm you know and, and now you're manifesting. Out of my mouth i mean it yeah uh, you're practicing your uh you're ha, 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 ha. you practicing your 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 uh your screaming no if anything i'd be practicing uh, my uh harmonica and, and backflips <laughs> i challenge you to do a black one backflip by the time the episode is released <laughs> yeah i know it was like yeah my my doing a backflip would just be falling over on my back and hurting myself <laughs> <laughs> what about you yeah, guys what are you guys watching good question nothing out of the ordinary just like I tried watching seasonals keeping up with those but you know I've been dedicating the last week to uh, the Lagiverse. Um oh have you been watching their YouTube videos oh what sorry <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, Lazy verse, as in like his universe. Got it. Matsumoto. Okay. Yeah. We're, I'm going to be using that that term a lot. Well, there's yeah. a you have to adopt it. There's a YouTube channel called Lazy verse, and they go they they put out tons of videos on uh, on him. Mm. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a cha- I think it's a channel called Lazy verse. Mm. I was watching okay. some of their videos because I have no idea who the uh, I know of his works, but I did not know any of his works. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh he's, hard to hard to miss. Yeah, he's a uh, pretty legendary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you been watching, Malia? Anything? <sighs> I've been trying to figure out if I'm going to continue watching Oshido Ko because, like, it's really um, not my vibe. Um, but other than that, just, like, keeping up with seasonals, um, I thought I felt like uh, the season was really stacked on things that I wanted to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But by the time I've watched, like, three or four or, I guess, like, eight episodes now, I'm like, eh, is any of this worth watching again? <laughs> like, continuing mm. to watch? Like, I'm mm. getting really I'm getting really bored really quickly with things recently. So I think I need to not watch anime really so that like it doesn't leave me because like I'm watching Hell's Paradise and I'm like, this is cool. I love the aesthetic. I love the blood, but nothing is happening. (laughs) So do you think? um, I was watching Demon Slayer on the plane because we went to florida um 
uh, two weeks ago, a week ago. Um, so I'm watching Demon Slayer on the plane, and Steven's watching it with me. And I was like, um, he didn't have headphones in. I had headphones in, but he could read the subtitles. And so I'm I'm watching it, and they say the same thing eight times in a row. And I'm like, do you want headphones so you can listen? He's like, no, I've just read the same subtitle like eight <laughs> times in a Like, there's nothing happening in the show. And I'm like, I know, it's so dumb. Like, what is going on? So do you think, how much of this do you think is related to turning 36? <laughs> <laughs> it is it's not related. <laughs> It's not, so it's, it is not a problem with us becoming more adult-like and, and needing a certain level of depth out of our media. It's a problem mm. that this media just is lacking in general this year. I kind of feel like it's the latter. Like, I feel like Demon Slayer came out really strong. Um, and then the movie, I received really well. Um, the last season, I thought... It kind of drug a bit. It's doing that shonen thing where it's telling me instead of showing me. And then this season, I'm like, stop telling me what's happening. I know mm. what's happening. Like, I, I can, like, please show me what's happening instead of, like, mm -hmm. inner monologues of characters. It's, like, totally unnecessary. And it's, like, really taking the momentum out of the show for me. And I know that I know that there's still more, so I don't want to be done with it at this point, you know? Like, I want to see it through to the end. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like... I think it's also partly because there's so much going on with me that like when I have time, I'm really looking for something that's going to hit me. You know, sure, I'm not looking sure. to like mindlessly watch anything, um, which mm. I was before, but because I only have a certain amount of like free time during the week, like I'm looking at show, like I'm looking for a show to really give back to me to make yeah. it worth my time, you know? So yeah. Yeah. And it's hard and yeah. it's hard to find those kinds of shows because it's not like those shows are like uh, all over the place. You know, you have like two or three shows that hit you really in your, in your heart, you know, so per year. You, you're thinking. Did, yeah, I don't we, think it's we like talked about, we talked ahead, about Tengoku Daimakyo. Yeah. Lovely and Delusion. Mm -hmm. And you, you seem to be enjoying that. Oh, I do love that, that one's one. keeping us on the edge of our seat. It's the kind of show we could. Like if we were, if we were to go back and like do episode to episode, we could really have a good discussion about it because it's there's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, that one. It. You know, it's just like we could wow. we could do like an anime leftovers um, episode on it because I do think there's a lot there and it is mm -hmm. keeping my attention compared to every other show that I've been watching. Um, I paid for Hulu so that I could watch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I think it's really cool. And uh, that could also just be because it's sci-fi and I'm a sci-fi as beach, you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I think maybe I just need to not watch any shonen shows. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I got a great <laughs> show for you. Oh yeah. Which one? It's a little show called oh you're gonna you're gonna dig this because it's sci-fi oh my god and it, and yeah. it ain't shonen okay and it's supremely heavy hitting over and yeah. over and over mm -hmm. what is it it's a little show called legend of the galactic heroes no oh my god i thought you were gonna <laughs> that would have been a perfect segue for galaxy express 999 
Because you want to show that there's going to be a fulfilling, hard-hitting watch, and it's not. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, maybe. And, I, you know, and I'll, I'll, so as we think about uh, growing older, here's, here's my segue. Mm. I realized that there are so much of our fan base, not to uh, sound dismissive or whatever, but so much of our fan base are cranky old guys. And I feel like... They always cranky old guys, both in punk and in anime, but I mean, especially in punk, they always get along with me because I think real recognizes real. They see that I too am a cranky old guy, but but informing, you know, <laughs> like I'm I'm just getting crankier and older as time goes on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I <clears throat> I know that this hot take is going to alienate a big chunk of our fan base. Okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there with okay. without fear and and with with reckless abandon. Say your truth. That the lazy verse is not that good. Oh shit! It's not that good. I've seen <laughs> oh, a lot of the lazy verse now. <laughs> I've watched, I've seen the original Captain Harlock. I've, all, right, all right, I'm gonna bust out my uh, my little my anime list so I can really go down the line because I've spent so much time watching the Lazy Verse over the last year, over the last like yeah year and a half. And you would think that I did this because I really enjoyed it, but I didn't. <laughs> Actually, it was it was just kind of annoying that I watched so much of this for so long, and I'm so happy that I'm finally done with it. Well, I don't know if I have a hot take, but when we get into the thick of it, I I'll, I'll say my thoughts on it. But I yeah. have this is the first thing I've ever watched from him. This is my first introduction into his little universe. But I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty okay. So, and here's the thing. Actually, I was I was surprised that the the two Galaxy Express movies are actually the best parts of the Lazy Verse. Really? Yeah, that's as good maybe, as it gets. Maybe my take will be hot then. Because all right, so I've so I watched the original Captain Harlock. <laughs> I watched the. Um, Let's see here. The uh, outside legend, outside legend, the endless odyssey. Uh, I watched the uh, Harlock saga, the ring of Nebelung, the Rhine gold. Uh, I watched, yeah, the Arcadia movie. I watched SSX endless orbit. Uh, I watched one of these other like random ass OVAs. Um, that just expanded one episode of the original. Yeah, the uh, Space Pirate Captain Harlock, Riddle of the Arcadia. I watched the original Galaxy Express 999, the whole 115 episodes. Watched oh, both many. the movies. Watched the Galaxy Express prequel. Um, the uh, 
Oh, fuck. What is it called? This stuff is so Arcadia. sprawling. Arcadia of my youth? Uh, no, not that one. The uh, Okay. Let's see here. The, the, Maytel Legend. I watched Maytel Legend. Maytel Legend, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen a reasonable chunk of the lazy verse. And I, I think not literally everything, but uh, I've seen over half of it for sure. Um, and really it's, it's just all kind of tedious. This is really uh, did not hit very hard emotionally. And I've, I've thought about why that is. And part of it for sure is that nothing fits together in terms of, of like the puzzle pieces of all these different titles. They don't build to anything. They're not part of some larger cohesive whole that is telling, you know, the story of this universe, the story of, of these different characters, everything clashes with each other. So there's never any point where you're, you have like, like Gundam, for example, Gundam, all these different stories are, different snapshots but they're all on the same timeline and they don't necessarily conflict with each other but with the lazy verse everything conflicts with each other like maytel legend completely contradicts the galaxy express 999 tv show which completely contradicts the two movies so it, it doesn't yeah. it, that lack of consistency is a real buzzkill for me yeah, this I, I knew this was going to be your biggest because we talked bef- before. Like this was going to be your biggest gripe. There's no like conclusion. <laughs> there's no like end. It's like it's never feels fulfilling. And I I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll get into why he chose this as like his philosophy of of like never having consistent um, storytelling. Yeah, I'm curious if that's a a conscious decision and in, in a intended strategy on on his part. Yeah, it definitely is. So my take on it is that he drew manga and then got popular with animators and they wanted to animate his drawings. So I don't know if like like if there's supposed to be consistency but like i know personally like when i'm drawing or when there's something that i'm interested in i draw it and then if there's something down the road that i get more interested in i'll like focus more on that so like my interests are all over the place kind of Mm. like maybe it's like that kind of thing where like he just likes draw he just like drawing specific characters and then the character's made got made a way into an anime yeah he's he's like he's like tezuko like he tezuka rather okay um yeah he Mm -hmm. he was a manga a manga shonen and um uh shoujo manga mangaka so he started that way and then he bridged into Mm -hmm. animation through yamato he was also the uh, co-creator of that um, but all is to say, like we, so let's back up. Um, the reason why we're doing this <laughs> partly is because Leiji Matsumoto died last February um, on the 13th. He was 85 years old. Um, so <laughs> it's a good time to get into his stuff, right? Like, and obviously Dan, you started watching, 
the work Where? prior to his death, right? <coughs> yes, I've been in it for a while because I I, <clears throat> I can see how popular it is and how influential it is. Like, you know, a, a great example that just hit me recently was that how much Captain Harlock influences Tenjin Tapagura and Lagan, mm-hmm. you know, not only in its worldview, but just, just look at that opening scene to Gurren Lagan. It's directly, it's lifted straight out of um, Captain Harlock. I mean, the, the character design, the camera angles and framing, the like way that um, everything is, is executed in that opening scene of Gurren Lagan is like, it, I mean, it's literally just Captain Harlock. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as people talk about how much, you know, as much as Getter Robo influences Gurren Lagann, which is why I watched, you know, hundreds of episodes of Getter Robo for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> I see how much Captain Harlock influences Gurren Lagann as well, but that doesn't make it, you know, it's like, I, I would not recommend the lazy verse to, the casual anime fan, or even to the normal anime fan, I would only recommend it to like the real freaks and geeks like myself <laughs> that are like really wanting to understand this medium and, and, you know, like go back and watch all this uh, stuff that's, yeah, it's like your favorite show's favorite show, but that doesn't necessarily make it that great. Mm-hmm. I kind and of cap- like chalk. I kind of chalk that up to like everyone can be a critic, like everyone can edit something, you know, like we watch shows all the time and we critique what Mm -hmm. we could have done better or what we think should have been done better. But it's one thing to do that. And it's another thing to create an entire universe and story and characters out of nothing. So I think like that's where that's that's what I vibe with is that, you know, like it's his own personal like universe. Yeah, yeah, and there are there are certainly uh, plenty of good parts to the Lazy Verse. The two Space Galaxy movies are the best parts. You know, the Galaxy Express nine 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 movie and the Sayonara um, Galaxy Express nine 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 sequel movie. Those are both mm-hmm. surprisingly excellent. Uh, and I think Captain Harlock is an individual is so cool in all the right ways. I love that he is always, he always seems to have this like hidden knowledge. Like they, they frame his character and his character writing as if he just is like so cultured and has such a wide and deep understanding of the world and, and such a detailed worldview and he always seems to know all the answers and know exactly what's going on, even when the audience doesn't, you know, like he seems mm-hmm. to, to know so much more than the audience does. And I love that Captain Harlock is an anarchist. Uh, I love the many, many different various tellings of how uh, the scientist's son joins Captain Harlock's crew in the crew. And he looks at the crew and they're all dilly dallying about and playing games and drinking and eating and sleeping and, and just like, you know, being, you know, living their best life and hanging the fuck out. And he's like, Oh, I can't believe your crew is so undisciplined. I thought Captain Harlock's crew would be this really illustrious, cool, you know, powerful force, but it looks like you guys are just a bunch of idiots. 
Captain Harlock's like, well, you know, they're not, they're, they're my crew, but they're not really my crew. And, you know, sometimes I tell them to do things and they can decide for themselves if they want to do this or not. You know, I'm like, yeah, free association. That's very anarchist of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very cool <laughs> worldview. You know, Captain Harlock is just like this guy you have faith in. He just knows everything. And sometimes he says, hey, you should really go do this. And then you decide on your own terms if you want to go do that or not. But you have enough faith in Captain Harlock as a man that you just go forth and and do it. You know, and it's not because of some authoritative hierarchy. It's because of this relationship of faith Mm. and and good intention that you've built with Captain Harlock. Yeah. So I, I think that that part of it's really, really cool and endearing. And he's based off of Harlock's based off of his father um, and how oh, he lived his life. Yeah. After after World War Two, um, he saw his father as being like the the example of what a man should be, I guess. Um, mm. uh, he was a airplane pilot and um, an engineer, his father. Um, and then he, oh, very interesting. Yeah. And then when Ooh, he got back from yeah. the war, I did, did read, read that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to figure out who he was as a person because like, um, after watching the movie, I was like, but I kind of would like to know who this man is. And I saw him with a, a, a cute picture with a cat. And I was like, he looks like somebody I would like. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he looks like a cool old guy, you know? <laughs> so I was like trying to figure out like what, what made him like write and draw the way he did. Mm. Yeah. He was, so he was born, uh, his name, his <coughs> real name is Akira Matsumoto. And he chose a oh. pen name Leiji. It means zero man. It has mm. different sim- symbolism in that. But yeah, like basically it's just a circle of life. Oki, Okinawa. And he uses that as his philosophy as in, you know, like it's an internal loop. It's never ending. Um, so it's yeah, infinite. it's infinite. Um, he even said that I will never tell you how the, how the stories end because if they end, I had nothing left to do but die. And so I don't think of the ends mm. of the saga. Yeah. There's, you know what I mean? Like if you, if, if the story ends and there's no reason to continue creating writing. Um, mm. Yeah. So you can see that throughout like all his, basically all iterations of Lagiverse. But before that, like he even, he made, he made a story about a struggling college um, in Japan. You know, they have entrance exams and this one character he created just kept failing the entrance exams. Um, but yeah, like he, he likes telling these stories of like coming of age uh, and the idea mm. of like becoming, you know, becoming an adult essentially. Well, and Galaxy Express 999 certainly hinges on that idea mm-hmm. of uh, the coming of age story. That's how it concludes itself in both the original TV show and in the movie versions that, oh, you know, Maytel was the guide for Tetsuro to come of age. And then when he ends his, completes his journey and becomes a, a man, not a boy, then he says goodbye to Maytel and Maytel moves on to the next young boy to guide him to um, that sounds a little creepy. Adulthood. Yeah, I, I honestly I found it very <laughs> underwhelming when they actually did it. You know, in, in the movies, it's 
more palatable, I guess. But in the TV show, I was just like, it's just weird. And like, uh, why are we so opposite all the time? I watched the first episode of the TV series and I was like infinitely more engaged in it. Really? Really? Well, that's because you haven't seen episodes two to 115. (laughs) Maybe, <laughs> but I watched the movie and I was like, "Oh well, I can watch it. I can watch this on Crunchyroll. Let me check out the um, the TV series." Um, I don't know. <laughs> I like the TV series more. Well, there's there's things. There were moments in the TV series that I thought were were pretty interesting and and entertaining, and I'm, I am genuinely curious if the TV show was the first anime to set up the vignette storytelling tempo where like every Mm -hmm. episode or the characters traveling from one place to another on this endless journey. And they just have these like little short story interactions at each of these different locations as they continue to travel around. Cause a lot of my favorite anime fall into this kind of storytelling tempo. Mushishi, about to say. Tino's Journey, like, Girl's Last Tour. Uh, yeah. It's, I feel like it's relatively common in anime now, but I don't know. I never got the sense it was as common in the 70s and 80s when the Lazyverse would have been in full stride. And I don't mm-hmm. know if the Lazyverse was the the first, um, first foray into telling that kind of story. Mm-hmm. I've, I've postulated that question on the Discord. If you have a good, you know, conclusive answer to this, then you know, email us or get on the Discord and tell us because I, I do want to know. I don't want to do the research myself. I just want someone to tell <laughs> me in thirty seconds. You know, um, mm. and yeah, yeah. I mean, the TV show, yeah, it has its ups and downs. But I was, I was very. I did not think the the conclusion was worth 113 episodes of setup. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not like a Lord of the Rings epic in that it yeah it has a conclusive ending. Um, but if you go into it knowing that, then it's not as it's like oh I can just watch this episodically. Um, but the movie, the movie, the Galaxy Express 999 movie or three, nine as we, as they call it is, was if do they call yeah, it they, that? They call it. I don't nine. like it. Yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it. Galaxy express 39 is what I think. 39. And I'm like, no, just say nine, 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 or just say nine ninety nine. I don't know. All the, I need all the numbers to be said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <keep> saying- <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the, the movie predates, if I'm not mistaken, it predates this TV show. So like the, so okay, the good. ending, yeah, like he had to think. That's what I was yeah, hoping for. Yeah, he had for. to come up with an ending uh, for the movie before the TV mm. series even finished. I think like while it was in production, it seems like a lot of these things okay. were in production at the like yeah, like we're only like so yeah, like Carlock Galaxy Express three nine are all what made within like two or three years. Like they're pumping this shit out quick. Okay. Um, I was wondering because the animation. Fucking sucked in the movie. Oh, you thought so? Like, because I thought it yeah, was so, so much. I, I thought it was so much better than the original TV show. It was like a night and day. It difference. was. Yeah. It was. It was like. It was like he was all of a sudden happy, and then two frames of two different uh, 
emotions happening in succession and then cut to an entirely different scene on a on a in a different setting <laughs> i'm like yeah. what is happening here yeah, so like right. the tv series like kind of was like more fluid it was more like okay we're and now we're going yeah. to this place and, and well, now he is sad you, you, you call that crappy animation but i say he just had a lot of emotions at one point I mean, when you're when you're feeling a lot of different ways doesn't your face just gyrate and stretch out in weird ways like oh, oh, oh. Oh my gosh. It was, I was like having a very hard time following which, what, like what was actually happening in each of the different, um, like shots. Cause like it would be all of a sudden, so he's in a hotel room and then all of a sudden he's on the train and I'm like, wait a second here. Yeah. It, it jumped. From, we got we, pretty quickly. I mean, it, yeah. Really even quickly. in Harlock and, uh, the TV show, it's, it's pretty like, it's like the, not a stream of consciousness, but it's sort of surreal in that way. It's like, all right. It's like dream, dreamscape. Like I almost feel like I'm here and then I'm teleported to this. And now this is where I am. And these are the characters I'm dealing with. Yeah. I watched a little bit of, um, of Arcadia, my youth again, and I watched it sober and then I watched it high and I thought it was sometimes (laughs) better when I was high. I was like, oh, okay. I can believe this that. is. I can believe that. I'm just like vibing out. It's all a vibe and <laughs> just sort of like creating atmosphere and mood, and and that's why I, that's why I like the lazy lazy verse. Like as a as a kid, like you know, uh, give my little background of, of why I got into this shit is because partly because of Daft Punk, uh, because of their um, uh, in 2001 they. Discovery album, yeah, they, right? they create. Yeah, he worked. They worked with with Lady Matsumoto to create Interstellar, uh, Interstellar five 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 four four fives. Um, yep, yeah, Interstellar <laughs> four five. <laughs> no, <laughs> all the say all the five 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 five. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was five. Yeah, five five four five. <laughs> They, so it's, I, I think it was five. in fuck, five. What, what was five the um, magazine? It was either New Type or any Anime USA, maybe. Anamanga. Anamanga. Um, they had like an article I'm, with you know discussing Leiji Matsumoto's work, and um, by that time, I had already watched the Galaxy Express 99 movie, and didn't understand its origins or like what the connection was and then when we saw when i saw the daft punk um shorts i was like fuck it looks just like you know all the harlock shit right i'm like why is there why why are they even working with daft punk and uh i and in the research for doing this episode i found out that in france um his work is like huge it's like yeah they they grew up watching this stuff um Mm-hmm. Whereas in the U.S., I don't. We didn't get like proper adaptations for it, um, unless you were in uh, like Hawaii, L.A., or New York. They they were on TV, so like, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, we wouldn't have watched it. People in the '70s wouldn't have watched it, um, unless you were in those areas. And I think that's like a huge part of mm-hmm. like why certain shows are in the zeitgeist or like in popular culture is because they were on TV. They were like massively available 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like in, in America and for our generation, Dragon Ball is something we watched course, growing up. Yeah. So like, that's what we are familiar mm-hmm. with. Um, but back in the seventies, it looks French to me. It has French French vibe. <laughs> yeah, it has a French vibe. I don't know. I just like that was like a fact I knew before going in. I was like, it just looks French mm. to me. Looks like he was really influenced. I don't think he was. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's some truth to that. Um, he was influenced by Marianne of my youth. I'm not even going to try to see the French the title because my French is bad. Oh. Um, and that's one of the, his big influences. This French movie It's this 1955 French movie, and it has this this actress Marianne Hold, um, mm. and he modeled a lot of his characters off of this this actress. Um, so yeah, there's 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 some truth to that. Like uh, Maytel is based off this this actress. Um, well, yeah, and, well, every every I mean, the dude has two character designs: lanky, beautiful <laughs> people, and short, fat, ugly people. Yeah. And you're you're one of yeah, those. Yeah, that's so true. Like the yeah. form, with deformed faces. Yeah, yeah. I was. That's true. <laughs> I was like, how is her hair covering her entire body? How can you only see her hair? <laughs> yeah, Kara watched. Um, inter- uh, we watched Galaxy Express last night, and uh, she's like, "Why is Tetsuro's eye always covered?" Like. And then, and then, like to your point, one shot he'd be covered, and then the next shot it would not be, and it would just go not be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's just your hair blowing. He's just in emo. The no, no, he's just emo. emo. He's going through his rebellious phase. Well, he looks he looks way better in the movie than he does in the original TV show. I mean, in the movie <laughs> he looks like a hu- a human being. In the original TV show, he's yeah. got that like hardcore. <laughs> Lazy Matsumoto style, short, fat, ugly character design. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing in I my think, opinion, but it, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I can't remember. Steven prefers one over the other. Hmm. Well, he probably likes the hard, short, fat, ugly character <laughs> design. Yeah. Cause I, and I think there's, it I think there's like merit. A, it looks to like that. a lot of stuff he draws. Yeah, a totally. Lot of characters that look like that. Totally. And I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, it sounds like I'm critiquing his, his sense of character design. I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, I think there's a lot of merit to the, like, because as, as I, as I tell people sometimes, um, that are, you know, not into anime or that are just like diving into it for the first time, one should think of anime as, as an impressionism of real life. So it's not necessarily that these people actually have birth deformities, but you know, you get the idea, the impression that like, okay, these are like the common folk, you know, they're just like mm-hmm. average, average looking dumpy ass people in comparison to Captain Harlock himself or Maytel herself, who are these like extravagantly beautiful people, you know, and Fucking you see eyelash extensions out the wazoo. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that goes to the sense that like, Oh, Harlock, may tell these are like larger than life people with mm-hmm. these like vast grand understanding of the world around them these endless capabilities and they're just cut of a different cloth than the average joe schmo you know that that wanders around and oh my god that, the poor people look crazy and that well that and and uh, jeff is as you make the point how harlock was based on lazy matsumoto's dad and it makes me wonder if Maytel was based on his mom and the idea of like how much one uh how one views their parents and thinks about the like larger than life um capabilities of their parents that like oh my parents are these like gallant beautiful people with such skill and they're different than the fucking peons of the rest of the world Mm. 
I didn't I didn't find that in in the research uh, that I was especially what I was reading out of um, out of this book um, Luigi Matsumoto. <coughs> um, but sure, uh, it seemed like it always came back to this Marion Hold character actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, in like criticism to like what's happening now in anime, like like it's pretty like tropey like stylistically there's a lot of the same character types in anime um so maybe you could argue like even his work his character designs are very distinguishable from one another um even though yes. of course like yeah there's a lot of flowing hair for the women and like similar eye shapes but in silhouette form you could i think you could distinguish each character pretty well um yeah because their outfits because yeah. like Emerald, Emeraldas and Maytel have basically the same character design, which is the same character design as Harlock's alien girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they wear totally different outfits. So silhouette wise, yeah, will stand out. Yeah, in the book that I had um, have read, there's a there's a whole section about the like looking at his work through feminist lens and perspective. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because I was like, as a, you know, maybe at a younger age, I was like, oh, he's kind of like progressive and, you know, he's got female characters, but like, no, nah, not really. Like, he's not that progressive at all. He's he's very much uh, writing things in the way that a lot of Japanese men wrote in the 70s mm. and still do. But like, um, I'm trying to remember what my point was going to be, but just like. Yeah, like the ratio of of male to female characters is still pretty high. Like there's still a lot of male characters surrounded by female characters and they all kind of like fit into um kind of three molds, if you will. Mm. Um mm. so they're either written by like as an object of worship, so like the Madonna, um as a ready provider of sexual relations, prostitute and the great mother which we talked about is a source of pampering and um, con- constancy, constancy? Mm. constancy. I don't even know what this word is. Constancy. We need a mm. Christella to, to define this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the mother produce us. Yes. Produce us, mommy. Produce us, baby. Oh shit. Mommy. Oh, oh God. Christella's probably like, oh, her eyes right now. Daniel. <laughs> Um, calling people mommy yeah this I I think like going back to um, oh yeah but but let's backtrack to to the animation quality of of this movie this set the Galaxy Express 39 set the bar for what production value was in in Japan like this is this is you know next level if you were to if you were Um. back in the day like time travel back in the day, people were probably like blown away. People were, from what I understand, people were like lined up to see this movie. It was the highest grossing movie of that year. And that didn't happen with anime. Like it's still considered a child's medium, still considered kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, but without this, you know, like going back to talking about how he influenced anime, like without this movie, there wouldn't have been a Yamato movie. There wouldn't have been a Harlock movie. Um, I'm sure without, without this, like, you know, we, 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 we were going into for an episode, 
um, we were talking about, um, fuck, what's the show? Uh, um, Lum's character. Um, help me out uh, here. Yeah, Urusei Asura. Those obnoxious there aliens. You, mm-hmm. you know, like the, all the movies that came out in the 80s. Like we, mm-hmm. they, that bar that was set has yet to come down. I guess peak was probably Akira and then the bubble burst in Japan, you know, went into mm-hmm. a depression. But yeah, the, the, the level of, of artistry was, was un, untouched, uncanny, like unprecedented. So yeah, I think it's like, if you look at it from that perspective, then galaxy three, nine is a fucking amazing, right? It's, it's good stuff. And like, even, um, so what, the, what he's known for in this universe is the, um, battleships, right? Like the change in perspective mm-hmm. and hovering over you. Mm-hmm. Like how many shots have you, did you guys see of that? Of uh, Harlock's Arcadia. I was like, fucking Luffy's here, baby. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's <laughs> so difficult to draw by hand and paint and the, mm-hmm. the train, especially um, the train. There is, I do have an interesting uh-huh. fun fact uh, about, um, about him. If you'd like oh, to know yeah. it. Yeah. Hit us. Um, so when all of these animes were being produced and in production mm-hmm. and airing, his neighbor uh, handed him confidential blueprints of the actual um, Yamato's ship from oh, the military mm. that he wasn't supposed, mm. to, supposed to see. So um, I'm going to assume off of that fun fact that a lot of it is accurate. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Besides this, besides the going through space part, yeah, but like the actual. And you're referring, ships, you're referring like. to the World War II ships that, okay, yeah, that, one that was blown up um, by the U.S. Yeah, and I believe his mm-hmm. father witnessed that happen. Yeah, uh, his uh, his dad didn't fly ever again after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he could have mm. been an airplane, like you know, a uh, commercial pilot, but he decided not to. Yeah, war mm. fucks people up. For sure. Um, do we want to... Yeah, let's let's tell the people who have not seen this movie what it's about. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you should go ahead, because I know this is one of your favorite movies. Okay, yeah. So it's so it's basically... The, the premise is... Um, it's a coming-of-age story of uh, Tetsuro, um, this little boy who grew up on on earth um his mother is killed by hunters um and they're all cyborg hunters they all have um fully mechanical bodies um so the wealthy are only able to afford a fully you know a, a mechanized body um and so when his mom is killed he's left as an orphan um so he's growing up on on earth um you know, he's living his life and um, he's asked to board the 3-9. Uh, he meets Maytel. Uh, Maytel is this tall, beautiful woman with blonde hair, um, wears a black uh, robe sort of thing and a tall hat. Um, she looks like... She- a very tall yeah, Russian hat. she looks hat. like she's out of mm-hmm. Moscow. <laughs> and there's, a, there's actually a scene yeah. in the movie where it looks like Moscow when they go to Pluto. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, like he he's he's set on this journey essentially to take revenge for um, Count Mecca. Is the guy's name? 
um, who killed his his mom and uh, spoiler alert who puts the body of his mother <laughs> on the wall of the castle that he's residing in um, yeah so right. it's like this sort of parallel with or a metaphor of like how we treat animals too like you know we hunt animals for sport and, uh, I think it's also a good parallel to Planet of the Apes which is popular at the time um, and how yeah like okay. If you ever seen Planet of the Apes, apes rule the world. Uh, these, you know, and they hunt humans and keep them in cages, uh, which is another parallel to slavery. Um, but anyway, that's like going off a different different direction completely. Um, so he gets on the train, this three nine, which travels the universe, um, and yeah, he's uh, basically. Would you say that he's? Maytel's companion or is it vice versa I guess it's like who's protecting who and maybe it's different mm-hmm. in the TV yeah. show I've not watched a lot of the TV show but in the movie it's kind of like he's he, he thinks he's protecting her but it might be the other way around right what is the ultimate goal is at the end of the movie uh, another spoiler here is that he that she's bringing people to um, his mom, her mom, rather, the queen uh, of this mechanized world, to become a part in the planet. What's the, what was the planet called? Um, uh, it's like Prometheus. The, yeah, Andromeda. 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 Yeah, Andromeda. Andromeda. It's basically like the Death Star, but it's held together by people's <laughs> souls uh, as part of the <laughs> ship. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I didn't do a great job of explaining that, but. No, that was a really good job. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I feel like my mind Dan's is choppy. At me. So I feel like when I when I talk, it is choppy. Um, so the it's like um, it's kind of like Star Trek, to be honest. <laughs> it's just basically a Star Trek story. Yeah. You get off on all these planets and you hang out with the people there. So I was like really into it because we have been watching Star Trek. We've been like Star Trek comes on Pluto TV mm-hmm. all the time. We we'll leave it on for the cats while we're at home. And I was like, oh, this is just like you know anime version of star trek Mm. Mm -hmm. well the the movie is dramatically different from the tv show in terms of its storytelling tempo and in some ways that's obvious because the tv show is like you know 70 some hours of screen time and the movie is two hours of screen time but the movie condenses uh quite a bit of the original tv show's um, stories on these different planets. You know, they'll they'll take like four different episodes of the TV show and merge it into one um, one aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and a, a good example of this is the Time Castle and Count Mecca. I mean, Count Mecca is only in the original TV show in like two episodes in the oh, first two it. episodes. Yeah, he gets yeah. Tetsuro just just murks him on in episode two, and then gets out of mm-hmm. Earth because they're he's a fugitive after that. But the the time castle stuff happens in like episode ninety something mm-hmm. of the TV show, where they go. They're in the Andromeda galaxy. They're out of the Milky Way. They're into the Andromeda galaxy, and they go to this desert planet where they're being oppressed by some sort of um, 
shady character that lives in a time castle and everyone's in the town is depressed and they're they have the woman singing the songs that's actually the time castle guy's low-key girlfriend mm. and so that all that all that does happen in the original tv show it's just yeah totally contextually different and the person in the time castle is not um count mecca it's a captain harlock impersonator which is really awkward because you see this guy that looks just like Captain Harlock acting like a little bitch all the time. And you're like, man, why is Captain <laughs> Harlock like this? Galaxy Express 999. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out it isn't actually Captain Harlock. It's an impersonator that, for some reason, Maytel knows the impersonator, but they never actually fill in any backstory whatsoever. So you have no idea why they know each other or what they're referencing whenever they talk to each other. And mm-hmm. then the real Captain Harlock is heavily implied to show up and he like does all this kind of saves the day type stuff in the background and flies off in his spaceship. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just really, it's not exactly confusing, but it's really like, man, what is going on? <laughs> but I, and I, I, I do understand. And I remember when we watched, um, when I was watching the original captain Harlock TV show, Jeff and I talked about this, about how, Captain Harlock is it it sacrifices long-term payoff for short-term drama that like everything is oriented towards uh, how can I make this the most like um, <coughs> the most intriguing and the most like dramatic and the most exciting in this exact moment from moment to moment and it's only these like really short-term, moments that are important there's not any need to develop long-term storytelling and payoff mm-hmm. and that that holds true in galaxy express 999 as well uh, unfortunately i get that on paper it doesn't because on paper oh my god there's a fucking bug over here hold on kind <laughs> <laughs> of bug is it <laughs> all right i killed it stomped it out okay good Good. Yes, yeah. So I, I realized that on paper, this doesn't hold in Galaxy Express 999 because uh, it, it is the long story of, you know, Tetsuro going from one side of the universe to the other to decide whether he wants a mechanized body and an immortal life. And then he decides he doesn't. Um, but even, yeah, it's like that, that long-term payoff, at least in the TV show, I feel like it gets fumbled because the last two episodes, again, are just like, just kind of, there, there's parts of them that are good, but there's parts of them that are just like kind of weird and, and like doesn't, it's not executed as well as I would hope that it is. Mm-hmm. And in, in the same way, in the in the movie, you get all sorts of Captain Harlock screen time. You get all sorts of Emeraldus screen time. You get <clears throat> the, uh, who's the, who's the little engineer guy that's Harlock's best friend? Tochiro. Jiro? No, Tochiro. Tochiro, yeah. Tochi, yeah, you get all sorts of Tochiro screen time. In the TV show, you don't see these people. Like, Captain Harlock is implied to be there in, like, two episodes of Galaxy Express, the TV show. That's it. You don't, you don't see no Emeraldas. I was really surprised by that when I actually watched the movie. I was like, man, they really do a great job of tying everybody together into this story. Because it's not that way in the original TV show. I like the I like Arcadia of, of my youth the the new timeline better than the original Harlock series from what I've yeah. watched. I think that 
like if you watch Arcadia of My Youth, the movie, and then you start watching the TV series, it like continues not great, but it it kind of bridges from the TV series into the I'm sorry, into the movie into the TV series. And you can kind of like see, okay, this is how he met Tochiro, and this is why he's aboard the ship aboard Arcadia. Um, yeah. it feels more continuous and logical versus the TV series where it's just like, he's just a pirate and that's it. Like he's, he's, uh, yeah, he believes in freedom and, and peace for all. Like, but well, not necessarily peace. <laughs> well, <but> let's, <laughs> let's, let's pivot into the Arcadia, my Arcadia of my youth movie okay. after we take this 32nd commercial break. All right. We'll be back. Arcadia of my Arcadia youth. Of, our youth. Mm-hmm. of my youth. Not ours. Just that's his. Yeah, well only one of us had a uh, you know a, a, an ancestral Nazi <laughs> fighter pilot. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so fucking Harlock pilots well, his his ancestor pilots this Nazi plane and somehow he manages to uh ex- almost escape well he basically escapes into what switzerland and well tochiro tochiro does yeah yeah tochiro's but, ancestor escapes to switzerland he, and, but harlock runs back like he's got something yeah left to do. i don't know why yeah well he, he says that he's he's fighting for the nazis to pay the rent which is a totally other conversation about politics and you know, the acceptability of, of uh, I don't know, looking the other way, you know. Um, but yeah, why does he turn and run back into Germany at that juncture? That I, I don't know. Because the allies, you know, the, the allies are coming up on him. And what, does he like want to make sure they don't get his fighter ship or something? Like... Just let him take it, man. Just fucking run. Why do you care so much about this? Why, what is the emotional investment in? Because he's like, well, I don't really care about Nazism. I just, you know, am a fighter pilot and they're giving me money. So I don't really, you know, this is just my day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he, his actions would make you believe that he actually cares about the outcome of his war in some kind. Yeah. First time I watched this in college, I was really confused I, I like I, I, I understood that it's supposed to be the past and yada 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 and, and like you know uh, these things sort of are continuous like history repeats itself but at, at, after a second watch even then it felt a little uh, haphazard I guess if that makes sense and this is this. Well, is, even 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 Urusei Yatsura is in the Nazis. I mean, I think this is this is just the period of time in the anime when yeah, that's just what they're into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and a lot of these creators are coming out of and it's post-war, so it's mm-hmm. it's still in the in the blood now. Now, like in the whole Akihabara two thousands era, it's you know a lot of that's been lost. So. <laughs> 
you can see it reflected in uh you see it reflected in 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 popular culture and anime in general but it is yeah. interesting. and I, mm. I remember reading about uh heroes and like how i think it was someone an older generation talking about how you know japanese society japanese youth don't have heroes anymore and uh, no they have anxiety and depression they got, uh, Deku. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what I actually wanted to talk about because I've been watching the new the the last season of My Hero Academia, and uh-huh. I'm I'm prepared to talk about all the all the couplings in My Hero Academia because you know Baku <laughs> Bakugo getting with Uravity for sure, no doubt. No, but that's Deku, such, no. Deku getting with the pink haired girl, the uh, pink haired um, if you accessories girl. have compared. I was going to say, if you have compared me to this to the slime girl and you're saying that Deku's going to get with the slime girl, I'm going to shut you no, down right Deku's now. Deku's not getting with the slime girl. Uh, I, She's too cool. Yeah, I, the slime girl is still not clear to me who her pairing is with. Jiro, the, the earphones girl, for sure getting with the electric boy. Todoroki. Yeah, that's, that's obvious. And I love the mushroom guy in Class B, or the mushroom girl in Class B getting with the um, shadow guy in class B. Like, I, I think their little moment of, of intimacy is, is really cute. Um, so that's definitely going on. Um, yeah, fuck. I can't remember all the other ones off the top of my head. I had this all figured out. Oh, the uh, ice and fire guy with creative girl, with the girl that creates stuff. Mm. The half naked one? No, nah, she ain't half naked. No, I'm, I'm talking. She's half. She's half clothed. Her her hero name is Cready. I'm not making that Creedy. up. Oh, yeah. Okay, that sounds stupid. But for sure, for <laughs> sure, the uh, for sure Todoroki getting getting it on with that girl. Further solidifying my point. <laughs> Cready. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But uh, Harlock is just the hero of that era in a way, like he's so much different than the, you know, the heroes portrayed in a lot of anime nowadays. Um, but like to go back to galaxy express through nine, do you think, especially Amelia, this is the first one you've watched, right? This is the first thing out of, mm-hmm. do you think that holds up? Do you think this movie would resonate with? Ah, yes. Okay. I wanted to talk okay. about this. Um, because while I don't think the animation holds up whatsoever, it's one of those those sh- movies, shows, the, the like universes that <coughs> the core themes uh, that the characters are progressing through um, are universal. Mm-hmm. We can feel what um, Tetsuo is going through at any stage in our life, you know? Um, and I feel like the... The setting is pretty cool. Um, I don't think I was like really like weirded out that they're trains. I'm like, oh, they're supposed to be like future, but it's still trains. It's still powered by steam, but steam can fly <laughs> into space. And I was like, while I don't think that makes sense at all, I like thought the concept was pretty cool because it's like kind of tying the past with what people think the future might be. And it's like, oh, well, we're definitely still going to have trains, but they're just going to be able to fly through space. 
It's not like they like created all these like new fancy spaceship kind of things like we have in anime now mm-hmm. where we get like crazy fighter pilot things from like 86 or you know like it's not like so futuristic it's still like realistically uh thoughtful I don't know I just thought it was cool um and I thought the themes were universal like I I got a lot out of the movie, even though I didn't particularly like the animation. But that's like what we as a podcast always talk about is that if there is a good story, the animate like the the story will transcend the animation. Mm-hmm. And I definitely mm-hmm. feel like that about this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that a lot of the lazy verse, you have to abandon practical sensibilities for and, mm-hmm. and lean into the emotion. Yeah, and, the, and a similar wavelength is like Evangelion or Eureka 7 or um, other shows that hinge more on emotional impact beyond their ability to, quote-unquote, make sense. Although Evangelion does mm-hmm. make sense, and I'll explain it to you so that you don't get it. <laughs> um, but the... Yeah, because you when we watch, especially Galaxy Express 999... They're like walking around. They're opening the windows and leaning out the window into space. Yeah, it's like that doesn't make any what. And and but even Captain Harlock too has this giant ass spaceship. But the crew size of the spaceship seems to shift. You know, kind of like every five minutes. It's like sometimes there's a bajillion crew members. Sometimes the only people on this ship are Captain Harlock and his immediate posse of like four people. And sometimes there's like the crew on on the bridge, but sometimes they're not there, and it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. But it's not mm-hmm. about how Captain Harlock is able to fly a flag in space and have it ripple around in the wind. You know, it's about <laughs> the feeling that you feel when you see that pirate flag wafting in the winds of the sea of stars. You know, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh. Captain Harlock, wow, he's so cool. He's my anarchist crush, yeah, you know. <laughs> While uh, classical music plays, sweeping orchestral suites and... Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. comes together it, it it's considered a space opera like most of the stuff fits into a space opera uh category subgenre and mm-hmm. right. like it's a big part of the melodrama and the, the sort of a lot of there's like I, at least within the movies there's a lot of le- a lot less dialogue and like things are just happening you go oh you gotta just yeah. go with it you gotta let it wash <laughs> let these things wash over you yeah Halfway through, I was like, I should probably just stop thinking about it. Just let it happen to me. Yeah. Just let it happen. Well, you know, in, the, in that kind of way, so I, I've, I've told this anecdote before, but I'll, I'll tell it again here. And, and when I think of the lazy verse, this is the memory that I'm really going to carry with me throughout time, was when I was back in Baltimore over this past winter, and I watched Vinland Saga, season season one of Vinland Saga with my parents, and yeah, my mom and I were like super into it. 
and dad was just kind of like rel- not not into it but he was just kind of ambivalent and confused and i was like oh you know look at all this like really interesting thematic stuff and dad would be like uh okay i guess that's probably true i didn't really get any of that from this tv episode but okay <laughs> um but then at, at a point i was watching galaxy express 999 on tv and suddenly you know dad's sitting there uh reading the newspaper and i put on the tv and then he's like oh it's got trains well that's cool i like trains <laughs> and he's like really really engrossed in this random episode of galaxy express 999 and it was just like totally on the same wavelength yeah. for him and totally makes sense to him he's like doesn't need me to explain any kind of thematic depth or anything he's like oh oh that's so you know he's like stuff is you know these oh these war scene is happening and he's like oh that's really depressing oh that's really depressing yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well your dad's a trained man so yeah he is really he is. you're really tailoring to his his interests yeah it's true it's true <laughs> but it, it made me think about generational gap and the idea of like yes we 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 are in an age where anime you know, like should be emotionally hard hitting and should be thematically interesting and should have you know really intricate and nuanced character uh, writing and we're we're looking for you know what's the next villain saga what's the next berserk you know what what's the next evangelion uh but ye old people you know not used to thinking of prestige television in this kind of way. And, you know, dad just wants to see some people riding on trains and go, Oh, train. Mm, very <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, and your mom really likes, uh, like good story. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see why she would be into Vinland saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was quite a bit more invested in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leiji Matsumoto was, was influenced by his chain, his train ride to, uh, Tokyo from Kyushu when he was when he was a kid. So he, like he like basically he couldn't be a pilot. He wanted to be a pilot as a as a teenager. Mm. Um, but he decided to do animation drawing instead of cartooning <sighs> because he his vision sucked. Basically, he can can't be a pilot if you're mm. if you have bad eyesight. Um, so he decided to join up with other artists and <coughs> he his train ride his 24 hour train ride from Kyushu to Tokyo, Tokyo, um, really influenced that whole vibe of being on a train and like going from one place to another, um, and going into Tokyo, which he's never been to for the first time, all the lights, you know, it's just like an alien planet essentially to him, to that younger self. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that influenced his, this locomotive in galaxy express, um, that flies through space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I, I feel like you can feel that if like, I have never watched anything from him, but I felt nostalgic when I was watching mm-hmm. it. I was like, Oh, like I can, <coughs> I can see why people like this and why it resonates with a lot of people and how it influenced, uh, people mm-hmm. after, you know, mm-hmm. you get a, spe- you get a certain vibe from it. That's like, I don't, you don't get anywhere else. Yeah. Preaching Jeff, you know, could inf- could could feel like could could put myself self insert myself into uh, Tochiro's not Tochiro um, Tetsuro's self, you know, in, into his character and like mm-hmm. that Star Wars things like that really resonated with me as a child and like 
to your point, Amelia, like the whole nostalgia feel like that. I'm, I don't know. I think, I think as a culture, we were addicted to nostalgia currently, but I think mm-hmm. for myself, <laughs> like with music and, and just media in general, like I'm addicted to that feeling, like that dopamine hit that you get. And I got it again. Like when I watched, when I watched it, uh, for a second or third time, like me, yeah, I still feel that, but also my sense of logic and reasoning is getting in the way of <laughs> that as an adult. I'm just like, okay, stop, 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 stop thinking about the window being mm-hmm. open. Um, stop thinking about the AI that is the train that it has. Like, it's just going on its own free will, essentially. Like it goes and yeah. if it wants to go to this planet, it goes to that planet. I don't know. Well, when he shoot when he shoots through the window, I'm like, why didn't it's you just fucking out. put the window down? It's not like everybody else is everybody else is hanging out the window. <laughs> well, and, and and that so yeah, I want to <laughs> as we talk about the AI that controls the nine 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 locomotive. I want to talk about the real one in Galaxy Express nine nine nine, which is the conductor. Mm. Conductor kicks ass. Oh, he's great. <laughs> Yeah. He's a really good character design. Yeah, and he so he he kicks way more ass in the original TV. He's a, a far more prominent character in the original TV show than he is in the movies. Mm. And he is the the true saving grace of of humanity and um Yeah, he's he's just such a lovely he, like of all the people the conductor is the one that I would want to hang out with in real life. Cause I, I'm sure he just has so many like fun stories and he, he can uh, like Harlock definitely has the best stories, but I think he's, it's trickier to get him to open up. The conductor is like, that guy seems like he'll just tell you his life story right off the jump. And I'm, I'm sure he's just so interesting and he's like very polite and cordial. And yeah, he's, he's so cool, but I, I don't understand. They, they address this a little bit in the movies. they, kind of hint at this I don't know, I, I don't get what is up with the conductor and his invisible body because I they in the original TV show there's a lot of random ass stuff that happens in the original TV show that gets no explanation like at one point Maytel is forced to open her suitcase and then there's a giant bright light that engulfs the guy that is looking in a suitcase and then he goes and commits suicide like 30 seconds later because he looked in Maytel's suitcase and Maytel was like, oh, I have this like super powerful thing in my suitcase. Then like three episodes later, somebody opens the suitcase and is just rummaging through her clothes looking for her train pass. And it's like, I thought her suitcase was full of this like mysterious thing that made people <laughs> kill themselves. And two episodes <laughs> later, suddenly people just open it and go rifling through it all willy nilly. In the same way, there's there's a point early in the original TV show where the conductor is taking a shower and he gets ambushed by an assassin. And the assassin is so freaked out by the body of the conductor. Then later on, they display, and in the movie, they display that the conductor basically has a physical body, but it's just invisible. But then at other points, they in the original TV show, they hint that the conductor doesn't have a physical body, that he's just like a weird, ethereal like life force, and he just puts the clothes on this like I don't know, this this like body of energy just so he has some kind of physical form and the clothes are just like hanging mm. in, in midair. 
And so I just, I just don't, I don't know if there's a real answer to what the fuck is up with the conductor, but I want somebody <laughs> to explain it to me. He's affected by the space, uh, uh, an unknown space uh, disease that makes him invisible. Is that true? Did they say that somewhere? Oh, no, that's what I made up based on. Another oh, OK, character. OK. Where is explanation? Yeah. It's a good explanation. <laughs> I mean, because hell, I would I would believe yeah. that. You know, if somebody said that to me <laughs> oh, in earnest. Okay. I, I believe then it. Yes. Yeah. I read it somewhere and I'm. Oh, OK, OK, OK. okay. <laughs> Thank you for answering this. That makes sense. <laughs> I just in the movie, I thought the stakes were so fucking high. <laughs> Yeah, well, did, Jeff, did you ever? It's either you're alive or you die, okay? Yeah. Or like, mm. there's no in between. There's either you get a mechanical body or if you don't get back on the train, you're dead. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this this is all way too much. Wait, I need well, some kind of explanation. Jeff, did you ever see the sequel? I watched Maybe. some of it last night and fell asleep. Um, and was I? I don't know. I was enjoying it. Uh, I don't know. Really sure where it was. Yeah, going, the sequel but. movies. It's it's great too, but it, it all when we think about them high stakes. I mean, the the to answer your you know, to to expound more on this, Amelia. And the the sequel movie starts with an all out intergalactic war between mechanized bodies and non mechanized bodies. Mm-hmm. And the first mm-hmm. twenty minutes is Tetsuro like literally in a war zone with all of his compatriots getting murked left and right around him while he's blowing up other mechanized people. Yeah, it feels mm. a lot like the beginning of Terminator and, you know, yes. this, this war yeah. against the AI computer. Center. See, all of these themes, all the things that you're saying sound interesting to me. But then when I watch it, <laughs> it's very, very hard for me to stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel I'm like, you. and on paper, on paper, I like all of these things. Like, <laughs> I'm confused. My brain doesn't, my brain isn't computing what my eyes are seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great movie to fall asleep to. <laughs> <laughs> so good. You, you, Twice last night, I took a nap and. Yeah, you, you wake, you wake <laughs> up to it and you're like, oh, okay. I, I, they're on Pluto. There's bodies in, in the, uh, in the earth. Yeah. And okay. The, the sure. Ground. You sure. Get back to sleep. Yeah. I like the, um, the crystal lady. Oh yeah. She's uh, cool. waitress. Yeah. On the train. Yeah. I like her. He goes, What is she made out of? And I'm like, boy, if you don't take your eyes off that crystal lady's boobies. (laughs) (laughs) And she sacrifices herself (laughs) by detonating her body. Yeah, the the whole concept of um Maytel so Galaxy Express directly contradicts the prequel, Maytel Legend. And Maytel Legend, Maytel and Emeralda, Emeraldas are sisters. And the mom reluctantly, the, the mom who is the princess of Andromeda, reluctantly becomes a, takes on a robot body. The king just straight up like dives right into having a robot body. And all the, the robotization, all the mechanical bodying, yeah. of of andromeda is orchestrated by like the court scientist you know the like chief scientist of the planet then he's the the real arch nemesis and Maytel and emeraldas just you know they they're the only ones that choose not to get mechanical bodies and they have to escape off the planet in a jiffy 
um, before they're captured and killed for not going undergoing the mechanization process. So I was expecting that you know Maytel escapes off Andromeda and then winds up on Earth, and we I would have figured well we're, we're never going to know the journey of Maytel from Andromeda to Earth, but now we see Maytel's you know return to Andromeda. And, you know, taking Tetsuro there, and this is all going to have some, like, great insight into, you know, life, uh, you know, the, the virtues of immortality versus immortal life. And that is not the direction the TV show goes in. The TV show just seems to have a completely different story uh, for Maytel that, oh, the dad gets transformed into a piece of jewelry, and if you throw the piece of jewelry into, you know, the volcano from Lord of the Rings, then the entire planet blows up. And it's like, uh, why? What? You know? And, and then the, the mom is the big bad guy. And the mom is like, I, I want you to bring, uh, you know, attractive young men to this planet so I can mechanize them. And, it's, and Maytel is just her, like, weird gopher to, like, go look for, you know, people undergoing the, the coming of age so that she can bring them and make them into robots. It's like, this is weird. Yeah. It's just weird. We- like Maytel, stop, <laughs> stop looking for underage boys. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried explaining it in, you know, in a synopsis type of format. It's, it just sounds really far fetched. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like the revenge story is basic. Uh, and like the idea of it's like the opposite of even Pinocchio. Like he's looking, <laughs> he wants a mechanized body to destroy a mechanized body, but like he's not a, a machine who wants a child's or a, or a human's body. You know what I mean? It's not like he's, I don't know. I, maybe that's not necessarily yeah. Pinocchio is not the best example, but just the idea of maybe, I guess maybe even a closer something we watched just recently, cyberpunk, right? You know, like. I want to transform mm-hmm. my entire body, chrome it up. Yeah, chrome exactly. Fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> Tetsuro looking the chrome the fuck up. Uh huh. But then he decides not That's to. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not can't relate. Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you looking for that immortal robot body, Amelia? Hell pre- yeah! Life is precious. Yeah, not me. Life is precious. I'm, li- I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking to tap my forehead on the credit card readers (laughs) (laughs) to pay for shit. (laughs) Well, let's, let's talk about, let's talk more about Arcadia of my youth. We've talked a lot about the galaxy express movie, but we also watched Arcadia of my youth and we're, we're coming up on having 30 to 40 minutes left of talk time. So let's, let's talk about captain Harlock at least a little bit. Give him his time in the sun. Mm. So Arcadia of My Youth was a rock solid movie as well. It's way better than the original TV show. So what the fuck is it about old ass TV shows that go on forever and they're not that good, and then they make a couple movies to the franchise that are actually really good? Urusei Atsura was like that. Captain Harlock, like they got the um, OVA treatment. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? That's what it's all about. They get about. the bigger budget. Yeah, that is. Did you watch? They get that. Good did you watch Ashitana Joe movie, Dan? No. Okay. I wonder if that's and the same I, uh, thing. Ashita no Joe, uh, you know, I. but here's the thing. The original Ashita no Joe TV show is fucking amazing. 
It's a it's a fifteen out of ten stone cold classic that we ought to talk about on this podcast. I would actually like. To, I was talking about this with Matt from Otaku Melancholy. I would like to make that our our panel topic for next year is to talk about Ashita no Joe as this forgotten uh, a forgotten piece of anime history because it is so influential and so uh, transcendent, but it's just completely forgotten by time at least here in the usa because of its like inaccessibility here i mean it's not streaming or anything uh but yeah truly it is it is a fucking it's, it's a timeless masterpiece so if is the movie even better i don't even want to watch the movie because i'll just watch the original again because it's that fucking good that's fair is it or is he being a cranky grump hey. Yeah, this is this is where this is where I went back over my cranky old guy fans. Yeah, it's like, oh, you hate the lazy verse. Oh, but you like a seat of no dough, huh? Mm, okay, okay, I feel you. But so in, in Arcadia of my youth, <coughs> we meet Captain Harlock, and he's uh, battling the Illuminati, the the Illuminous aliens for control of the planet Earth. And I suppose he has lost the war because the first thing he does is he crashes his straight his spaceship straight into the fucking ground, and then the Illuminus, the Illuminatis are like, <laughs> "Oh, you did that so that we wouldn't have access to your spaceship, huh?" And Captain Harlock's like, "Yeah, I totally meant to intentionally just drive my spaceship straight into the fucking ground like an idiot and wreck the whole fucking thing." You know, there's definitely not any kind of ineptitude or lack of crew or anything like that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Captain Harlock is on planet Earth. There's a big resistance movement that I guess Captain Harlock's girlfriend is the inspiration for. And he. Yeah, what happens exactly? He like <laughs> wanders around for a little bit. And then the alien, he like strikes up a frenemies with another, a minority alien. The, uh, what are they called? The Toblerones or something? Yeah, that, that's, um, that's going to slip my, my, my memory. <laughs> the different races. Yeah. Um, then he gets back. So he meets Tochiro because Tochiro is looking cool at a bar. And then they get into a big bar fight with a bunch of the Illuminati aliens. They decide that they're going to try to ferment rebellion amongst the humans to overthrow the alien oppression, um, the alien occupying force that is oppressing them. But they run into a lot of backlash from other, other humans. There's a lot of sellout humans that have buddied up with the alien oppressors. They get on this... Tochiro, for some reason, has a giant spaceship that apparently can be piloted and operated by just four people. Uh, I don't. He says that he's made this entire giant ass spaceship underground by himself, but that seems very unlikely to me that one person could make a spaceship that big. Then the spaceship blasts through the the Earth like. It just like doesn't seem to have any difficulty <laughs> plowing straight through the Earth's crust and getting out into space. 
they go to the Toblerone's home planet to see that it's destroyed, and we see the number one most sad moment in the Lazyverse, which is that fucking bird standing over the corpses of the two kids crying for for help. Uh, that do you guys remember that scene? Uh, that is absolutely the saddest scene in the Lazyverse. Is that fucking bird crying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, then they go back to Earth. The occupying aliens are mad at them for having left Earth. They take Emeraldas and Harlock's girlfriend hostage and threaten to execute them. Uh, the alien minority has a rebellion against the Illuminati aliens. Harlock's girlfriend gets killed anyway. Uh, they have a sad burial. Then they all get back in their spaceships and leave. Harlock's crew seems to go from four people to six people to a hundred people uh, for no particular reason. <laughs> and then as they're leaving, one of the Illumina, Illumina, <coughs> one of the Illuminati aliens that Harlock has beef with challenges Harlock to a duel with their spaceships. So because they have personal beef with each other, they drag several hundred other people into this beef and they kill hundreds of people in a giant space battle over nothing but the individual honor of their two captains and their individual feelings towards each other. Uh, if I were one of Harlock's crew, I'd be fucking furious that me and a bajillion of my compatriots all got killed over basically nothing at all in a practical sense. I felt like commander, command, you know, my commander, Commander Yang Wenli, would not stand for this because he values human life, and Harlock apparently doesn't really. And then they fly off with, you know, Harlock and Emeraldus fly off into the future. Uh, no, that's, well, Harlock turns around, charges straight into the Illuminati alien fleet. For some reason, no shots actually hit his ship. And then he charges straight onto the bridge of the Illuminati's flagship, kills the commander, says, I'm a space pirate. Then he gets back in his ship and sails off into the sunset. That's my yeah synopsis of the Arcadia of My Youth movie. It's funny you say you talk about Yang. Uh, the voice actor for Tochiro is the voice actor for Yang. <laughs> no shit. It's because Tochiro is the coolest one from the Harlock uh, from Harlock's um, man. Yeah, from his crew. Yeah, yeah I remember seeing a cosplayer um, dressed as Tochiro and. I, I don't know, back when Otakon was at, you know, Baltimore Convention Center and mm-hmm. being like, hell yeah, like that's that's fucking cool cosplay. And they even had the, like the good height for it, um, the cosplay. Right, right. I was going to say, if you're short and pudgy, then that's the one to do. Yeah. I don't know. I, think, I feel like it was a woman who, they were not pudgy, but they were short. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it's kind of I mean it's it's confusing but not confusing. Like in the sense that um yeah, to your point like they're they're battling two different alliances or like two different factions. And I guess maybe because he's paying he's drawing influence from World War II, like the fact that they would just like blow up a ship and sacrifice all the people on the ship, like i.e. the Pacific War. Uh, mm, you know, and even mm. just kamikaze pilots, um, 
I mean, but you do see this a lot. Like you see people running their ships into <coughs> other ships in anime, you know, yeah. as a sacrifice. Um, I mean, even in star Wars universe, uh, it happens, but, um, yeah, they're into that shit. Now Disney's into that shit. Disney. Uh, um, we love Disney. I support the little mermaid yeah. remake. <laughs> no. Did you see it? No, but I don't, oh. I don't plan to necessarily, but I, yeah, being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm over. I, oh, you're saying you don't support it. You're saying you don't support it. Okay. I don't know. I, I, the last, oh, like I watched the Lion King. That was the last remake I watched live action remake. And uh, that's probably the last one I'm ever going to watch. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one, but I um, debated on going to see it because it was my favorite movie when yeah. I was a kid. National Geographic with talking animals. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kitty of My Youth. So, yeah, if you're so if you're uh, an Earthman in Arcadia of My Youth. Are you going to buddy up with your alien oppressors? Or are you going to try to fight the losing battle for humanity's freedom? Are you joining Captain Harlock's crew or are you staying home? Draw the lion. Whatever, Whatever keeps me alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Draw the lion. Spoken like someone that really needs that immortal mechanized body. Mm. Yo, I would pick that. I don't have no issues with that. Except for I feel like it's way too easy to kill them. You know, he just shoots them once in the head and they're dead. And I'm like, wait a second. Well, what is part, of, part, of, the, yeah, that. part of that is because Tetsuro got the Cosmo gun. He's, he's got the Warriors Cosmo yeah. gun, of which there's only four in existence. Tetsuro's, Harlock's, Emeralda's, and one other unspecified user. Because um, they, at various points, they say that Tetsuro's Cosmo gun is the only thing that can kill a mechanized body. Then they show people mm-hmm. getting blown up with mechanized bodies left, right, and center. So I have serious doubts about how true <laughs> that is. Yeah, I think for me, the ending battle uh, between the two ships, was it Zol? Was Zol the one that was? Okay. Yes. Yeah, that battle between the them two is fucking worth watching just, just for that alone. And I like I like this idea of like sending this snake like tunnel to the other ship and then getting off yeah. getting out of that and it's like shooting the captain with your saber and then being like you're fucking dead man you know I don't know like that's that's yeah. badass to me you know like that's a whole nother level of being a pirate and then getting back on your ship sure um, when you when yeah you that out? that part was cool. But the the older that part that part's cool. But the older I get, the more I have serious objection to military commanders just throwing their people's lives away so needlessly. Mm-hmm. And I think about Harlock fighting Zol. I mean, why? Like when Zol is baiting you, and it's like, hey, you know, it's like one thing if Harlock and Zol as individuals are going to have a duel. But if Harlock, you know, Zol's like, hey, why don't you and a hundred of your best friends, you know? fucking go around the corner with me without you know me and a hundred of my best friends and we're all going to duke it out like uh, the other 99 people involved in on either of these sides like w- why they don't need to 
throw their lives away over this. Like this is between Harlock and Zoles, not between everybody else and everybody else. Uh, it, to me, it just seems like this, this really cheap attitude towards the human life when like, no, you should be striving to keep everyone alive. Think of, think of Yang Wenli <coughs> up on that stage being like, <coughs> why do we fight so that we can keep living so we can have good tea you know, and Captain Harlock's like, no, I want you to die because I don't like this guy's old. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I would just be like, this is a this is an example where I would say, Harlock, I, I choose by my anarchist tendency of free association to not do what you say. And I'm, I'm just going to, like, go somewhere else so that I don't get died for your petty beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys have been with the with this uh, universe for pretty long time now, and how and and you guys keep rewatching it. Is it changing every time? No. Where is it still? Or is it still giving you the same feelings? I'm still bored. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. done. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I would rewatch. So I, I would rewatch the two Galaxy Express movies. Um, and to be fair, that the the two Galaxy Express movies lived up to the hype that Jeff gave them. I understand um, why Jeff likes these so much, and he says, oh, "I've never seen the original TV shows, but I like these movies." So, yeah, I feel you. The movies are good. You don't got to watch them original TV shows. I, I, I think you could, if you wanted to, dip into the lazy first. Just watch, just watch the two Galaxy Express movies. And skip everything else. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I, I agree with. That. I think there's like these are the best entry points to get into the series. There's a there's a um, 3D animated Harlock movie on Netflix that is probably like the newest thing, newest iteration. So mm-hmm. that's like a more modern take. You could watch that. Um, I didn't think it was very good, but I think it's a, it's like, if you, if you like new era animation, you like 3d animation, then this is, that's probably a, your best safe bet. And there's other things that came out in the nineties mm-hmm. as well. Um, I do want to get into, I am, I probably after this recording, maybe today or tomorrow, I want to watch galaxy railways. And this is, um, kind of parallel with yeah. galaxy express in that it's, it's like, it's basically about the, sh- the trains themselves and like how they protect the trains from being ransacked by pirates or whoever it may be. Um, and I was reading reviews about it and it sounded like it was pretty decent. Um, and even in with newer mm. animation, yada, 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 it's like relatively short. So I'm going to check that out soon. Hmm. Yeah, it's so it to me like the whole universe. I'll, I'm never gonna stop liking it. Like I, I always have a soft spot for it, but um, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea at the end of the day. I, I understand that, and then like I, I can see the gripe with with continuity and tying things together throughout all the iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Star Wars, you know. Star, I guess you could say Star Wars does a better job of that, even though they they sometimes write mm-hmm. themselves into a corner. 
and redo things that don't need to be done. Um, specifically like the new trilogy they made. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of people out there who just hate those movies and for good reason. Um, but yeah, I wonder as a fan of in the seventies and eighties, if those fans still felt that way, you know, like, Oh, I love, I love these movies. And then they come out with this TV show. Like as a Japanese fan, would I be upset? Like, would I be, you know, mortified by the incongruent, you know, nature of the plots and yeah. Um, I'm curious. We need a time machine. Hmm. Yeah. Well, when I, when I watched the original Captain Harlock, I thought about how maybe my, my gripes with consistency, with lack of long-term writing and storytelling with, um, the kind of like short-sighted and shallow nature of everything done. Um, maybe that was just endemic of where anime was at in the seventies. Mm. That oh, you know, this is this is just where the industry was, and and um, you know, I, I shouldn't fault Captain Harlock for doing these things. You know, it uh, you know, it's it's it is what it is. Um, mm. But then I watched Ashita No Joe, and I thought about. No, actually, anime was already kicking ass by that point. Captain Harlock had no excuse. It could have could have been so cool. And it wasn't. Yeah, no excuse. They should have. He should have teamed up with that writer. Yeah, apparently, because that guy knows how to tell a story. You know, Captain Harlock has has like just endless potential because there's a character. He's so cool and he's so uh, well articulated and has such an ambiance and attitude about him. And there's so much that could be done, and it just never, it never capitalizes on its strengths at any point, in my opinion. Yeah, I wonder if he had given to that point, like if he, to that to that end, if he had given not the rights to it away, but like if he let other people write his stories for him. And I think he did this towards. Uh, when he was about to die, he, he gave, he allowed, um, three other creators to write a Harlock manga. <coughs> so I think if he had done that earlier in his life, perhaps mm. that would have, yeah, it would have like much like the Gundam series. Like if like Gundam, the origin, mm. um, Yasuhiko, like if he, his iterations of Gundam are a lot better in my opinion. And I think a lot of people agree. Yeah. Like origin is yeah. shit. So like, why couldn't, why couldn't, Leiji do the same thing, you know, hand it off to somebody else earlier on. Yeah. Hmm. He needed an advisor. <laughs> it's his baby. Yeah, he mm. just needed <laughs> yeah. his agent. He needed an agent. Needed a producer. Tell him. Produce that motherfucker. Yeah. Thank God we got mm-hmm. one. And another point, um, so with <laughs> the director Rentaro, he's he's worked on just about everything that's come out, at least with the movies and the TV show. Um, he also directed mm-hmm. uh, Metropolis, the it's like 2001, 2000 movie, um, mm-hmm. which is another f- favorite of mine. I, th- I think he does. A, yeah, that kicks ass. Yeah, he does a great job. Like, I think he's a great director. I, but yeah, like if he I think movies is the way to go with with telling these stories. They fit better with a space opera. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm going to champion okay. the TV show. 
But I don't think it's a completionist situation. I think this is a turn it on, get the vibe whenever you feel like it. I don't think uh, you have to sit there and experience every single episode. Just like Udase Yatsura, like Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. the same thing. (laughs) Just like different vibe, you know, unless you're like super into uh, Star Trek and want something else. (laughs) All right. Any other Mm -hmm. thoughts on... I will say that I did not know anything about Leiji going into this, but I knew a lot about his wife who created the, basically the Japanese Barbie. Oh, really? Because yeah. um, I'm not like super into dolls, (laughs) which sounds like a weird statement, but um, I like collectibles and I like, uh, like Japanese uh, things, you know, like Lumi Bear and anime figures and stuff like that. So there was a period in time when I was like researching getting a Lika doll because like mm-hmm. they're pretty iconic in Japanese culture, at least like uh, of the time when they were coming out. Um, and they do a lot of anime collabs like um, Miku um, and uh, they did San- uh, Sanrio collab with like Kuromi and My Melody and stuff like that. Um, so I knew about the dolls and also there's a, um, uh, like a folk tale, like a Japanese folk tale about Lika mm. and how she's cursed. Mm. Um, and so I knew a lot about Lika, but I did not know that he married the creator of Lika. <laughs> and I thought that was mm. so Miyako cool. Miyako Maki is their name. Yeah. She's also, mm-hmm. um, was a comic artist. She was the first comic. She was the first manga yeah. to, to cross over from a uh, girl's manga into like adult seinen, um, Mm. Uh, not seinen, but um, shoujo. No, like shoujo? adult adult women. Um, whatever the mm-hmm, Japanese mm-hmm, term mm-hmm. for that is, I'm Josie. Jose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jose. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I hope, uh, I hope um, shoujo anime is not listening to this. Shoujo Sunday, they're gonna come after us. Oh my god! <laughs> no, that's okay. We're we're now you know it's birthday season, so we celebrate getting older by forgetting even more you know. by butchering yeah. everything. Oh god! <laughs> so, do you think Totoro and Emeraldus actually uh, ever end up together? Because that, that's that's a romantic plot line that is going down, but they just at every juncture they choose to not be together. Like over and over, they consistently are like, "Loki, I love you." Yeah. But also, I'm gonna go in a completely different direction and not spend any time with you or interact with you at any given point. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Is that? I mean, that could have been like a whole yeah. subplot, mm-hmm. and because there's not really any romance, there's not a, like a real, real love story in the universe that sort of yeah. just followed through. But he's uh, maybe maybe Matsumoto is just really not good at telling interpersonal stories, like relationship yeah. stories. Like- <laughs> yeah, the only the only love story is Tetsuro and Maytel. Which is an Oedipus type. Yeah, an Oedipus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, and that, and like going back to what I was saying, if you had given it off, handed it off to a female writer, I mean, they could have totally different direction. And his wife could have done something with it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, it's not too late. (laughs) He's, 
he's he's <laughs> he's no longer alive so maybe <laughs> so you're saying he's no longer there to object yeah, exactly oh perfect timing yeah. then <laughs> it'd have been cool to see a kentaro mura <coughs> version of harlock where he's just like butchering people slicing them in half with a saber Yeah, the the saber gun never made that much sense to me because they treated... I mean, I kind of understand, oh, it's both a saber sword and a gun. Mm -hmm. But when you look at how it's drawn, like, it's just a really long-barreled pistol. Like, what's what's the angle of it being a sword? I don't see how it's cutting anything. It's like a blunt object. Yeah, and they battle with... Yeah, like, he uses it as a sword fight in sword fights in yeah. certain episodes of SSX. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, fencing is it's like fencing, you know. No one actually dies. From yeah, yeah. I I wonder if it if it must be like a lightsaber kind of thing where it just has like some energy around it. Mm-hmm. It's like a little beam sword of some sort. That's the only thing I can think of. But then also, yeah, it's not really about making sense. It's about that feeling of total nonchalance and apathy I feel when I watch Captain Harlock get in a random ass sword fight that means nothing. Yeah, it's just like the uh, time warp the explanation of not even time warp, but like the breaking of space after the spaceship exploded is all spaceship and it protects the Arcadia with a warp shield, like some kind of shield from lasers yeah <laughs> like oh now now we're strangely invincible and none of their shots will hit our spaceship yeah <laughs> yeah let it, <laughs> very nice yeah very let cool. it wash over you yeah all right i think i think we covered a lot of of ground in this episode yep To get past, present, or future episodes, head on over to our website at otakuhostclub.com. You can find links there to our social media, like our Twitter, our Instagram, and of course our Discord server where you can chat with us in between episodes. And a super huge shout out to our Platinum Mad tier subscriber, Knucklehead, over on our Patreon. If you would like to support the show, $1 gets you into all the pre-show banter. And uh, yeah, the I don't have a script for the rest of it. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Um, the links are in the show notes too. So if you want to check those out, wherever you're listening, check the show mm-hmm. notes. Happy birthday, Amelia. Happy birthday, oh, Dan. Oh my gosh, thanks. See, Bobby couldn't be in person. This yeah, year. we'll try to pull this off next year. I'm so glad to be done with yeah. the lazy verse. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving <laughs> on to Fist of the North Star. <laughs> just substituting one punishment for another but I s- yeah I'm gonna move yeah. back into the early 2000s with some I'm, Moe or, and, or sexy yeah. stuff but I, I I tell myself that the more I watch this stuff the more I'll understand the anime so. I think it's good to go back to the beginning because like as much as like we as much as like new anime at least that I watch and that it keeps getting influenced by other creators like you can see where animes come from 
and it's really cool. Yeah, I'm a child. So if nothing else, like you can see the history being yeah. made, you know. Okay. Goodbye. We'll we'll see you in, on, <laughs> on Galaxy Express three nine nine. Oh my god, nine nine nine. No, we're we're no, we're taking the three nine nine. That's a different train. No, I'm taking the uh, five 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 express. All right, yeah. we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> okay, hey, bye. bye. Galaxy Express three nine will take you on a journey, a never-ending journey, a journey to.